The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, what is going on, everybody? What is going on? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. It's good to have every single one of you. As I said, welcome. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the voice of the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. The Buffalo Bills go into Baltimore and gut out one of the wildest wins I can remember since maybe the greatest comeback in NFL history. Clearly, this game was you know far less important than that playoff game that Frank Reich uh, led the Buffalo Bills to victory. Uh, but I think you understand what I'm saying. From my memory, my recent memory of the Buffalo Bills, this was one of the uh, the wildest wins that I can remember. Uh, we've had t- chances and times. I'm reminded of the the Steelers game where Stevie dropped the the, the pass <laughs> to, to win it, and other moments like that. But uh, this one was pretty incredible. Twenty three to twenty, the Buffalo Bills dig deep, as deep as anything you have ever seen to walk out of Baltimore with a win. Victory Monday is once again upon us. Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday. It's just a good victory week. Good good w- victory week with good vibes going into our next football game against those Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I will be there. I hope you will too. So if you are here with me live right now, and there's a whole bunch of people in the comment section, a whole bunch of people watching me live. Welcome to everybody in the chat. Welcome to everybody who's watching me live. Welcome to everybody who is listening later on this week in, in podcast form, the thousands of you that will consume this in audio version at work, whatever. Thank you. I'm very thankful to have you, every single one of you. Please do me a favor, like and subscribe, whatever platform that you are consuming this on. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube right now, please hit the like button. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, same exact thing. Uh, I'm excited because I know you've got options. I know you've got options. There's There's a ton of amazing Bills content out there. You know, so as we like to say, whether this podcast, you know, finds you around a cup of coffee, 
at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time, welcome. It's good to have you. We are, as I said, Super Chat Live. So this is a recording of a podcast. If you want to get my attention, and I did have a Super Chat to start the show before I even came on live from Jennifer. Jennifer Elliott threw a Super Chat out there. And Jennifer, did you say you did? She said, can't remember who always says this ain't that. <laughs> At one point, this definitely felt like that. Sure glad it's not. Go Bills. So we've already got a Super Chat uh, in the books. But uh, if you are watching me live, and you want to get my attention, please do that just because it'll glow on my screen. I'll be able to see it. But uh, before we get this show officially started, let's hear from the show sponsor, the market dominator himself, John Spastrick. Hello, Buffalo football family. I want to say thank you for tuning in to one of the greatest podcasts we have going today, The John Phoenix Show, hosted by Joe Miller. These are my good friends, and I really appreciate the way that they attack the podcast. They connect with you as a fan. They break the game down with excellence. They teach, they educate, and they bring fun to the table for us to experience a little bit more of our favorite Buffalo football team. So folks, this is what we do in real estate as the market dominator and the market dominators team. We bring to you not only fun, but we seek to educate, to advocate, to negotiate, and to dominate in this competitive market. So if you want to win the way our team is winning, you reach out to me directly and I'll respond. 716-570-3298. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Bills. That's John Spaz. Check the market dominator. As always, if you are in the market to buy or sell a home, please give John a call. This is his cell phone number, 716-570-3298. And if you're feeling a little bit squirrely, we did this on the Phoenix show a couple weeks ago, send him a text right now and just say, go Bills. <laughs> 716-570-3298. Send John a text. It was hilarious last time we did it. It was like two dozen of you actually texted him. Uh, yeah, let's 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 uh, run that back. That was fun. This game. Oh, this game is I'm rubbing my eyes. <laughs> Bills Mafia. I am exhausted frankly i'm exhausted mentally physically emotionally just drained exhausted and it's not because i had the best weekend of my life it's not because i went out and partied on saturday night and stayed up too late i'm exhausted because that game took a lot out of me and to be honest i don't even know where to necessarily begin or end <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat unsure of the middle of this whole entire thing. And quite frankly, you know, what I've got in my notes is that I'm just, I'm completely in awe, completely in awe of what I watched in this football game. And, and because of that, I, I almost 1000% expect this show to kind of make no sense because the game, by and large, didn't make any sense either. And I've got a ton of notes. I've got a lot of notes. I've got I've got two shows worth of notes. And it's not because I've got a lot of notes. It's because there were literally two different football games played in Baltimore. Two different two different football games played by the offense. Two different games played by the defense. And it was incredible to watch. I, I mean, obviously, all of you were right along with me. So I've got notes. 
And then I've got do notes. I've got pregame thoughts. I've got, oh crap, mid-game thoughts. <laughs> and I've got new, or I've got post-game thoughts or, or second half thoughts. And then I've got post-game more thoughts. I just... This is going to seem like an ADD rambling, like like lights flashing squirrel nightmare for some people. I think. I hope not. I think I've done a pretty good job of organizing what I've got, but it has the potential <laughs> for you guys to leave this thing going. I just watched something. I'm just not really sure what I watched or listened to. Literally, I'm not the only person, and it's funny because Pat Moran from... Uh, Talk, the Talking Buffalo podcast put a tweet out and he said that uh, he, he actually gave it away. He said that he showed a, a, a screenshot of a text conversation he was having where at the uh, the point of the Duvernay catch off of the 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 the, the, the would be sack of Lamar Jackson that he squeaked out of from Vaughn Miller, scrambled around some more, you know, basically chucked and ducked. He threw up a prayer. It was tipped and then du Duvernay caught it. Pat Moran said that's game over. And literally, I had the same exact thing in my notes. I proclaimed game over in the second quarter. A game many people thought, you know, or I should say a game that, that many people, including myself, probably would have turned off at the halftime and then go outside and yank down the Bills flag from the flagpole <laughs> and then proceed to mow the frozen grass, as Howard Simon likes to say. In, a, in an attempt to expel your own embarrassment and aggression. But no, not this game, not today. We have learned, fam, we have learned, Bills Mafia, we now know better that any team with JA-17 on it is not a team that we need to give up on, and nor will we. We have another Super Chat. Super Jack comes in from uh, Gary Godshaw. Gary, so good to have you. Thank you so much. Three stars. Who are yours? Milano, Poyer, and Allen. I'm going to get to those. You got to stick around for a little bit, Gary. Thank you for the Super Chat. I'm not going to give it away, but if you guys want to put in the comments section who your three stars are, you absolutely can. And on this show, Gary, we call them the Dude Awards. The Dude. Great job, dude. Dude, you crushed it. Dude, you're the man. Or the Dude. We got to talk because that wasn't it, bro. And we will assuredly get to the Dude Awards here in just a little bit. Just a little bit. Sit tight. The Bills came into this football game a little bit healthier, but I'll be honest with you. Playing Lamar Jackson without Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips was a little bit concerning to me. But Mitch Morse was back. Ryan Bates was back. Gabriel Davis, we were told, is healthy by his own admission. Jordan Poyer was back, and almost miraculously, Dane Jackson was in this football game. So going in, I had hope. I wasn't doubt, like I told you guys on multiple shows, including this one, you know, th there's no team that we're going to face this season that I think is, you know, unbeatable. In my opinion, we can win every game on our schedule. So I had hope going into this game, even without Ed Oliver and knowing that we were still a little bit banged up in spots. But there was moments like as I was kind of processing before this game started, you know, I do that every week before the game. I kind of take some early notes down like, what does this game feel like to me? If I'm going to open the show, if I was going to open the show right now and I was going to do a pregame show, what are some thoughts? What are some feelings that I would have? And even though this was not a must win, there's no must wins at week four unless you're 0-3 in the division already. 
if it's a hypothetical situation where you've played all three teams in your division, you've lost to all those games. Week four is absolutely a must win. But it kind of felt a little bit like a must win to me. I didn't want to see the Bills going into week five against the Steelers at two and two. Three and one looks a lot better. Three and one looks a lot healthier. Three and one looks a lot more like what I predicted. They just, I just, I just felt inside of me that they couldn't go two and two, that that would just be bad. But it was a soggy day in Baltimore, and we've heard all the conversations and Bills Mary, Bills Mary, Bills Mafia carries. That was me combining Bills Mafia and Mary. Bills Mafia carries this sentiment that somehow although it's waned a lot that josh allen can't play in the weather can't play in the in in the wind and rain even though the first 400 yard game he had was in miami in the rain soggy day in baltimore you know how is it going to affect the offense how is it going to affect the defense you you expect a soggy day rain wind a wet field to benefit lamar jackson in a lot of ways right we have another super chat from Mike Stock. Mike Stock, my guy, what's up, buddy? Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I saw as a stat after the game that we that blew me away, that blew him away, that blew Mike away. The Bills have only allowed seven points in the second half this season. Seven. That is absolutely 100% true. I actually had that in my notes. And Mike, now thanks to you, I don't have to share that. So thank you so much. That is an incredible stat. Thank you so much for the super chat, my friend. Soggy day in Baltimore. And there's an aspect for me that I, I wondered, is this a revenge game for Lamar Jackson? Is this a revenge game for Harbaugh for the 2020 divisional playoff game where we kind of embarrassed them? We shut them down. If you remember, Lamar threw the pick six to Taron Johnson. It was a defensive battle. It was a defensive juggernaut. Lamar goes out injured. This is the first game between these two teams since then, and there's always that sense of or that feeling of, you know, rivalry revenge, right? Not that they're a huge rival of ours, but they're a good team. We're a good team. Josh Allen said it in his post game that we're going to face them a lot. And as the game opened up, the Bills just, they weren't sharp at all. Drops, tip passes, Josh gets picked. I don't, I don't remember the last time I've seen Josh have his, have his passes tipped as many times as Calais Campbell tipped him but just that defensive line in general or just all over the field. Devin Singletary fumbles the football. There was just basically nobody sharp. By the second time that the Bills defense dove at Lamar Jackson's feet, I was like, okay, I'm over this. Could somebody please have a conversation with these guys? It's not, it's not Joe Flacco running around back there. You can't dive at his feet. You've got to tackle him because he's just going to jump out of it. If you dive at his feet, he's jumping out of that tackle. And he did it several times. And as it as it pertains to Devin Singletary's fumble, you know, fumbles aren't good. But as my dad told me growing up, and as we've talked about on this here show more than one time, quarterbacks throw interceptions, running backs fumble. Just, it's the way that it is. Receivers drop passes. Quarterbacks throw interceptions, running backs fumble, receivers drop passes. That's what my dad taught me as I was growing up learning learning the game of football. So as it pertains to Devin Singletary and the fumble, and, and there's probably a better way to tie this in, but this is one of those moments where I didn't know how to get this point in, but I wanted to talk about it, and it's coaching and yada, yada, yada. I'm over 
what I would consider the adolescent type leadership of benching the running back who fumbles because that's what we do here. The old Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick. If you're a running back and you fumble on my team, you're going to the bench. I'm just, I'm just over it. You do that and you do that often and you set a tone and you enforce a culture when your team sucks. When your team is bad, when you're the Buffalo Bills who are in the middle of a 17-year drought and you're fighting for your lives and you're trying to fix mistakes, fundamental mistakes, player mistakes, mental mistakes, physical mistakes, play call mistakes, confusion mistakes, just things like that. When you're a bad football team, you bench guys that fumble the football. That's what you do. Absolutely. Rookies, maybe, makes sense. You're trying to send a message to the rookie. But Devin Singletary is the undisputed RB1 of this football team. That's it. End of show. When your running backs are James Cook, rookie, who the game still looks way too big for him, Zach Moss, and Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is your RB1. You might as well just consider him at this point LaShawn McCoy on this football team. He's going to fumble. It's going to happen. It's one of those things that running backs do. All you're doing, and Coach McDermott does not listen to this show, but if he were or if I was sitting in front of him, I would tell him all you're doing is you're continuing to punish the team after the fumble. You think you're punishing Devin Singletary. You fumbled, Devin. Now you're going to sit on the bench for a series or two and take your medicine. And then the other guy goes out there and can't do anything, and the, the offense ends up off the field again with a three and out. This football team is beyond that. And, this, and that's probably the only criticism that I have for Sean McDermott. It's just that's how you lead children. If Devin Singletary fumbles, you put him right back in the game. If Josh Allen throws an interception, you don't yank him out. Josh, you threw an interception. Get on the bench. Case Keenum, you're in for one series while Josh sits on the bench and pouts by himself because he threw an interception. It's effectively the same thing. You don't do that to Josh Allen because Josh Allen is Josh Allen. And at this point, Devin Singletary is not LaShawn McCoy in his prime, but Devin Singletary is the RB1 of this football team. And he showed it in the second half. We're just, we're not a crap football team anymore. Don't, don't, don't compile or don't pile on and don't com compound you know, problems by taking your RB1 who fumbles the football and sticking the next man up who isn't as good as the RB1, and then you go three and out in the next series because of it. It's just not it's just not good football. And, and literally, I have in here that the Twitter mafia folks showed up during this game and sort of calling for McDermott's head. They were all up in my mentions. I made a tweet. I don't remember exactly what it was. And somebody's like, oh, it sounds like you're calling out Sean McDermott. And then it just went nuts from there. And I wasn't. I was just saying, I don't like this. This is the one thing I don't like. Whatever. This is not me calling for the head of Sean McDermott. This is me saying that I've got, if I've got one thing right now, the only thing that I have a problem with Sean McDermott, it's this. He's corrected everything else in my mind. To include, and I don't know how many of you caught this in the game. Last year, most of the year, if the opposing team's offense was on the field, I'm totally off my notes. If the opposing team's offense was off the field, and I know I've got a super chat out there. I'll get to it in a second. If the opposing team's offense was on, was on the field, rather, and it was first down, and they committed a holding penalty to make it first and 20, the Bills would decline it and go second and 10. And almost every single time the Bills did that, the team got a first down. 
don't know if you remember that. Would drive me crazy last year. It happened today in this game. The Ravens had a holding penalty on first down. The Bills chose to back them up. First and 20. And I believe they punted after it. Got a super chat from Dave Reed. My guy Dave's good to see you, buddy. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Thanks for the super chat. Another interesting sh- uh, stat. Lamar has only been shut out in the second half two times. And both were the Bills. Also, Lamar has, this is where I was going to go, two red zone interceptions in his career. And both are against the Buffalo Bills. Dave Reed, that is an awesome couple stats. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I appreciate you. Devin Singletary, getting back to it, is the RB1 of this football team. Treat him as such. And Josh Allen was pining on about him in his post-game presser. I can't say enough good things about Devin Singletary. I can't say enough good things about Devin Singletary. The coach needs to take a little bit, you know, from his quarterback. And when Devin Singletary fumbles, put him back out there. Put him right back out there. He's not going to fumble twice in a row. And if he does, so what? Running backs fumble. That's what they do. Rant over. In this football game, you know, you could have easily let the, the excuses pile up. They were talking about it on the broadcast that the heat from last week's game, you know, that they didn't, Josh Allen said he didn't feel normal until Friday. They probably have heavy legs, this, that. The heat was a problem. The weather was a problem. The wind, the rain. They're getting out coached, which I don't think they were. I think the players just weren't executing. One of the few times I could literally tell you that the players weren't executing unforced errors, tip passes, fumbles, interceptions. There was a point in that game where literally you're, and I've got it in my notes later too, where you're, I'm, you're, you're thinking in your head, and I'm writing it down in my notes. They, they're just playing, getting run out of the building. It's like they didn't even show up for that football game in the first quarter, first half. Super rare to have a Buffalo Bills game that you're like done watching midway through the second quarter. Like you're just like, this is over. <laughs> that was in my notes. Oh, this game's over. I'm going to keep watching because you never know. I've got Josh Allen on my football team, but if Trent Edwards is my quarterback right now, I'm out. I'm switching over to red zone. And another interesting stat is people are super chatting stats, which is freaking awesome that you guys are that connected and that like committed to this show. Josh Allen in the second or the first half, rather, by the end of the second quarter, Josh Allen was on the field for all of seven minutes in the first half. If you take away the two-minute drive, if you take away the two-minute drive, Josh Allen was on the field for seven minutes in the first half. We they, they put kept putting the camera on him. I could probably do an impression. So if you're looking at my screen right now, this is Josh. Every time the, every time the camera was on Josh Allen, this is what he's doing. He's watching the jumbotron. No emotion, no expression. Probably in his head going, "What the hell's going on? Like, what is what is the problem here?" What in the world is the problem? <laughs> Payton plays. Payton, I hope I hope you do this super chat every week, bro. <laughs> Payton with a super chat. Josh Allen is on pace for fifty nine hundred ninety two all purpose yards. <laughs> it was sixty. Was it sixty two hundred last week or sixty four hundred? <laughs> that number dropped a little bit. <laughs> Payton says Josh looked pretty calm the entire entire game. He absolutely looked calm the entire game. He did not seem. There was the one run that he trucked some people and McKenna was on the couch next to me saying, he's laughing, I know he's laughing. And he was pretty much into just the next play, like get get to the line, get to the line, get to the line. 
But aside from that two-minute drive, Josh was on the field for a whole seven minutes in the first half. And, you know, and and even defensively, you know, you give them the ball on the first position, their first possession, our first possession, you turn it over, they get the ball. Was it inside the five or on the five? Not great. Not great, Bob. Bills give up an easy touchdown there. You almost half expect it to happen. And then the Bills give up, what, another touchdown? And then and then it's, it slowly started to change, right? You saw the defense finally kind of get their legs underneath them, even in that first half. It's, the Bills defense started to get pressure. They started to kind of get home a little bit. They sacked Lamar a couple times. There's a couple tackles for losses. And they went from wholly breaking in the, in the first quarter to just starting to bend. And they would bend enough to allow field goals. And then after like that, it turned into just three and outs. But in that first half, even with that still, the defense only had one stop. So this is where it's like, Joe, you're so negative. I told you, these are notes for two different games. <laughs> I've got negative bad notes, and I've got good positive notes. If you want to hear the good positive, stick around for a minute. It's coming, I promise. Roy Collins, I don't know. I just looked down and saw this. 6,400 last week, Payton says. But Roy Collins says, Josh actually slid this week, slid today. He actually slid about four times. <laughs> and then he went ahead first about five. The, the defense had one stop in the first half. One. And it, it was just weird. Like I said, you know, it, it gave you the feeling that the Bills just never showed up, you know, which was a primer for my second half. And I already talked about this, which was going to be that the Bills just got ran out of the building today. There was a moment, and this was it was it was the moment just before the two minute drill, just before the two minute drill in the first half. A buddy of mine texted me, and he's like, "I cannot wait to hear you explain this one on the overreaction show." <laughs> to which I responded, "Yeah, me too," because <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's going on in this football game. It was reminiscent. I would love to know how many of you, and I'm sure some of you saw my tweet. I'd love to know how many of you felt like, because for me, it felt like I was watching Josh, Josh Allen in 2018. That first half felt like Josh 2018, Josh Allen. And by that, I don't mean that Josh Allen was throwing the ball all over the place and missing people. I mean that he was throwing the ball at receivers, hitting him in the hands and they were dropping the football. It felt like Zay Jones and Robert Foster and Kelvin Benjamin were the receivers for this football team in that first half. Josh Allen's stat line in that first half, half was garbage, and it was wildly not Josh Allen's fault. You won't hear that narrative in the in media this week. You'll hear how Josh Allen struggled in the first half, but he didn't. I could pick on a lot of guys right here, and I've got one. It's one of my down dudes. Dude. Dude. Jamison Crowder. Dude. Award. But getting into that 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 two minute drive at the end of the half, and then everything's looking up from here. You know, uh, Jordan Poyer makes a stop, great stop on a defensive play, and the Bills get the ball back uh, for the two minute drive, and then you know a huge touchdown. The relief, the the oh my gosh, the overwhelming finally, like right, monkey off the back. It almost felt like nine seconds left to McKenzie was it was just huge. The only way the outcome. The only way we get the outcome we got is if that touchdown happens there. If it does not happen, we're not, this whole entire show is negative. Whole entire show is negative.
63, the Buffalo Bills had 63 total yards in the first half on plays, on, on drives that were not the 76-yard two-minute drill drive. 63 yards total in the first half between all of the drives combined until that drive for 76 yards. And that was on the broadcast. That's where I got that one from. So I'm giving credit to those who deserve credit. Pamela, I'll get to your comment here in a second. In that first half, the run game, bad. Pass catching, bad. Play calling, wasn't great. Blocking, bad. It was just bad. Pamela with a super chat. Pamela, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Appreciate you, as you know. So did the Rams and Titans just play really bad. We blew them out our team as our team should. But these past two weeks, I'm like, what is going on? Things change. You know, the first two weeks, we hear it all the time that uh, the first the first week of the season is a liar. And that's because teams are still trying to find themselves and some teams are ahead of other teams. And this is one of those cases where, you know, the Titans probably aren't as bad as they showed in week two. And the Rams are a good football team, but the Bills were maybe a little bit more prepared for them and maybe a little ahead of them. The Bills are a good football team, but there's other good football teams out there. And then there's teams out there that played well in the first couple, three weeks that actually aren't good football teams. Just the way that it is. Our first half stats. First half stats. I'm beginning. So this is, I just started doing the first half stats this year. And I love the contrast between the first half stats and the game stats. The Buffalo Bills total yards, 139, keeping in mind that 76 of those came in the last two minutes of the half. The last two, the last two minutes of the 30, 76 of those happened. The Ravens had 170 yards and things just that like they blew up in the beginning and then it just got bad from there. Josh Allen, 105 passing yards. Lamar had a 98 rushing yards, 34 to 72 yards per play, 4.6, 5.0. I, I wish I had screenshotted the stats before that two minute drive. As much as I can figure out the total yards, I don't know what the passing yards were, the rushing yards, yada, yada, yards per play. First downs in the first half, nine to 12. A bunch of those first downs came in that last drive. Third down efficiency in the first half, two of six for the Bills. Not great. Time of possession, 9-13. 9-13 for Buffalo. Again, two of those, two of those nine <laughs> in the last two minutes of the half. But then, but then, Bills Mafia, the second half. Woo! Can we hear it for the second half? Let's go, Buffalo. Clap, 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 clap. The second half. They asked Josh Allen, what happened? What did Coach say to you? He's like, he didn't really say anything. We just decided as a team that we were going to go out there and be ourselves. You know what? It's 20 to 3. We're going to go, or 20 to 10, rather. It was just 20 to 3. It's 20 to 10. We're going to go out there and we're just going to be ourselves. We're going to go out and we're not going to press. And I'm so I'm thinking like, yeah, that's right. You go, boy. And then I was like, wait a second. If you're going to go out there in the second half and be yourselves, who were you in the first half? <laughs> I didn't really think that. I'm just, I'm just making a joke, stupid joke. But the reality is, is when, you know, Josh Allen is being himself, it's good for this football team. At one point in the second half, McKenna turns to me and she goes, Josh Allen is him. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just chuckled because it was, I think, two weeks ago where Stefan Diggs was telling everybody that he was him. Uh, but Josh Allen, the reality is, is, you know, when he decides he's going to take over a football game and take over a football game, he did 
Uh, and then that defense stands up and shuts out the Ravens in the second half. And I mean, they shut them out zero points. Josh Allen, 100% is him. That was pretty incredible. That was one that we're going to remember. You remember that Ravens game in Baltimore in the weather? What was it? Week four, like 2022. The Bills offense was awful, was garbage. Nobody could catch the football. It was weird. And then Josh started going out there and just destroyed him. Just willed the team to victory, almost like he was an MVP of the league. People are people are starting to fill those ballots out already, just so you know. And he made a case for himself. Now, I don't care about the MVP. I want to be a Super Bowl winner. But Josh Allen is him, y'all. The Ravens got the ball first in that first in that second half, rather. And uh, what a huge stop. Edmonds, Edmund, uh, Tremaine Edmonds rushes Lamar, uh, forces an incomplete pass. Excuse me. And while everything went perfectly for the offense, you know, the run game, I think, to me, was the most surprising. The run game picked up a lot. Devin Singletary just started finding creases, and they talked about that, too. What happened? What was the difference? And they were like, we just committed to put a, put a hat on a hat, I think is what Josh said, and we just committed, you know, if we're going to do this, let's try to do this. Devin Singletary, in a lot of cases, looked like he was shot out of a cannon in that second half. And I would love to know. I would love to be in that locker room. I would love to be as smart as John Fina and as smart as Jerry Ostrowski and know what the differences are. And maybe we'll find out. Maybe that's one of the questions we can talk to John about tomorrow on the Off Tackle with John Fina show. What was the difference? Why was that defense getting creased in the second half when they weren't in the first half? What, what was the difference? It couldn't have been all Devin Singletary. And it wasn't, it wasn't just Devin. Josh Allen was taking over where he needed to as well. He he actually said that there was four. I think they asked him. He said there was four call run plays for him. Quarterback draws. The rest were in his mind just read and goes. If it felt right, go. And it felt right. Josh Allen hurt them badly with his legs. Badly. And then in the second half, there was huge, where we were watching drop passes left and right all over the football field. There were huge catches in the second half. Huge catches. Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Khalil Shakir. Just big catches. Devin Singletary. Jamison Crowder gets injured. And I'll be honest with you, I tweeted this. I'm going to stand by it. I've seen enough of Jamison Crowder. He just... If I see the ball come at his face one more time, hit him in the hands and pop over his head because he can't catch it. I don't. I mean, it's just how many times have we seen it? Four times, five times between the preseason and the regular season. I've, I've seen. I've seen enough of eighty. I don't. I don't need to see him anymore. I. I would much rather see see Khalil Shakir at this point. Give me Khalil Shakir. Give me Isaiah McKenzie. And if Crowder wants to catch punts, great. But I don't need to see him as my first like first rep slot guy. I just don't need it. In my opinion, he's a liability. He doesn't have the hands, whether he's not used to catching Josh Allen passes, because let's be honest, Josh Allen fires the football like nobody else does. He did it several times in the first half where he just fired the ball straight through. He fired a touchdown straight through Stephon Diggs' hands. The ball's wet. Stephon's gloves are wet. It's wet outside. The wind's blowing. Josh Allen about four or five different times rifled the ball as hard as he possibly could. 
several times through players' hands. So maybe it's and I'm not I'm as much as I'm faulting Josh for that. The reality is, is the receiver has to catch it. And even on days when the sun is shining or if they're in a dome, Crowder doesn't more than he does. Somebody I think I saw tweeted that, that it seems like it's possible he has more drops than he actually has catches. And if that's where we're at, get me Khalil Shakir. Get me Isaiah McKenzie. I just want to see 6 and 10. All I need to see is 6 and 10 on the field from here on out. The Buffalo Bills, though, found themselves in the second half. They absolutely found who they were. They went out there and they did exactly what they said. We're just going to go out there and be ourselves. And that's what we saw. And this game turned around and it turned around in a hurry. And by in no small part because of the defense, the defense was on fire. There were people lighting up Tremaine Edmonds. This guy, here we go again, blah, 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 blah. And then in the second half, he came out and dominated him and Matt Milano were a force together in that, in that game. Yes. There was the one run where he reacted a little bit late. Uh, Edmonds did on the Jackson first down. And I'll be honest with you, I thought it was going to, like, that was going to be the game. It wasn't. It was actually the last drive they had when they went to try to uh, go for the touchdown and Jackson was picked off the end zone. But for the most part, Tremaine Edmonds was playing great football again. Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds is making a case for himself week after week to be re-signed by this football team, as is Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer slammed the door on any conversation about letting him walk after the season. Without Micah Hyde in there, he is the undisputed leader of that defensive backfield. And he is showing up in incredible ways. Incredible ways. Shaq Lawson flashed. It was just, it was, I mean, Greg Rousseau flashed, right? A.J. Epinesa, once again, was a little bit invisible. I don't know what's going on with that young man. I don't know what's going on with that young man. I feel like A.J. Epinesa should be dominant. Uh, I can, we could talk about the refing, the, the officiating in this football game, the amount of holds that were not called. Boogie Basham was held blatantly, shoulder pad on a play. The, the Jordan Poyer's last interception, I don't know who was coming off the edge, the strong side edge, uh, but he was being held relentlessly, and that was the play where Lamar threw the, t- the interception to Poyer on the last play, the, the, the Ravens' last play. Also not called. It was incredible the amount of things that were not called. As much as Ian Eagle was losing his mind about Jordan Poyer getting there maybe a little bit early on that last uh, defensive stop for the Ravens in the first half that led to the Bills' touchdown, he had no problem with the, with the Ravens defender getting to Isaiah McKenzie early that caused Isaiah McKenzie to drop a ball, force a three and out, and then the Ravens went down and scored. No problem with that one at all. It was a little weird. The officiating was bad in this football game which is abnormal for a Jerome Boger officiating crew. Normally, they're pretty spot on. They're pretty good. But when you, when you settle it all, when you, when you lay it all out, when you put it all down, when you, when you finish all the conversations, Baltimore had their chances. And they didn't beat themselves. And they didn't get broke by the officiating despite the one roughing the passer call that Josh begged for and got. Need I remind you, he begged for about six others and didn't get them. The one that where the defender went low at his legs, I think it was uh, Jason, or uh, was it Pierre Paul, or I, I don't remember who it was, went low at his legs. He's screaming for a flag, and, and Jerome Boger's like, he got pushed into you. Like, that wasn't his fault. They weren't just giving him calls like they used to do Tom Brady, or they still do to Tom Brady. 
they just got the Ravens got overwhelmed in the second half by a much better football team. And that much better football team was Josh Allen. And oh, by the way, he got they got overwhelmed by not only Josh Allen, who's one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league, they got overwhelmed by the best defense in the NFL as well. They just got they just got they got beat, period. The, when the Bills decided they were done beating themselves, they went out there and they beat the Ravens. The Bills had two W's today. Quote me on this. The Buffalo Bills won two games. They beat themselves, and then they beat the Ravens. The Buffalo Bills went out and beat themselves, and then they turned around in the second half and they beat the Ravens. But it wasn't me losing hope in the first half. It wasn't me thinking of turning off the game. It wasn't me arguing with myself to not turn on the red zone channel. Surely it wasn't you either. For being honest, just for a moment, Josh Thomas, I don't know what's going on and why you're showing so many like crying emoji faces. You can stop or I'm going to put you in timeout. I'm just, I'm just in disbelief in this football game. Legitimate disbelief. We spotted them, what, 20 points, 17 points? This game was incredible. Unfathomable, unbelievable, improbable, incomprehensible. Pick a wordable in there. A word a wordable. <laughs> pick whatever you want to pick. It was the worst first half of football we have seen from this team in a very, very, very long time. And then just like that, determination, grit, guts, they became that team, that team that nobody wants to play. And they shut out the Ravens in the second half, shut them completely out, closed the door on them. Unbelievable. What a game. What an absolute monster of a football game. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about for just a moment. If you would hear me out, the Western New York Beer Trail. Hey, Bills Mafia, we all know that Buffalo is a drinking town with a football problem. And just like an Allen to Diggs touchdown pass, I've got the perfect pass for you, the trail pass. That is the Western New York Beer Trail and the 2022 Trail Pass is your passport to great local craft beer and other craft beverages in Western New York. When you purchase and use a trail pass, you can get two half-price beers at 42 different area uh, breweries, bottle shops, pubs including a meadery a cider works and a distillery and you score over 350 dollars of savings inside the pass just like a bills patriots playoff game you score every time you use it the 2022 trail pass is good now through the end of the year and the year's coming up they'll have another trail pass obviously in january and it's available along with other trail uh, beer trail items at the website www.westernnewyorkbeertrail.com click on the shop tab enter the code right there the voice 20 and you receive 20% off. Now, to this point, I'm told that none of you have used this code. So please go to Western New York Beer Trail, support the sponsor of this show, put in the voice 20. Let's get at least one in there. Uh, but uh, if you like beer, this is where you want to be. And if you're in Western New York, uh, you can also purchase it at the Totally Buffalo store in Amherst, Orchard Park, Buffalo Gift Emporium in Tonawanda, and the One-Eyed Cat Brewing in Williamsville. Uh, we at Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business, and local charities, shows just like this one. Western New York Beer Trail, drink local, support local. We'll see you on the trail. My guy, Tom, appreciate you, dude. Thank you so much for sponsoring this show. You are the man. So the story of this game, I got the story of this game, and then I've got the dude awards, and then I've got your tweets, and then I'm going to get you guys out of here. 
Story of the game is going to be super, super short. I told you I had a ton of notes. I had two, game, two games worth of notes because of this stupid game. But I just want to take a moment to talk about dispelling statistics. So we heard all for the last couple of weeks that the Bills, you know, 0-7 in one-score games. They can't win close games. You know, nobody wants to talk about 2020 when they won a bunch of close games. They don't want to talk about 2021. So the last seven games, the Bills are 0-7 in one-score games. And you saw content creators and media people and national media people and people on Twitter and Facebook talking about how the Bills can't win close games. And I just want to submit another thought to you. Because you're also talking about a football team that leads the NFL and has for some time leads the NFL in points of differential in wins, which means that when they beat people, they beat them better than anybody else does. And it's generally by multiple possessions. Better than 10 points. When they win, they win big. Well, what does that mean? How can a team that wins big every time they win but never be able to win a close game, what does that tell us? What's the story? Does it mean that they're not as good as we think they are? No, that's not it. The Bills are good. The Bills are very good. They're a team that doesn't just win. They crush their opponents. Crush them. When they win, they win big. It also means when they lose, they typically aren't getting crushed. So you're talking about a football team that when they when they put a W on the, on the scoreboard, when they put a W up on the board, it's by 10 points, 12 points or more, multiple possessions. And when they lose, they're getting beaten by less than one possession. Are there outliers? Yes. Clearly, the, the, the Colts game last year when we got the ball was ran down our throats by Jonathan Taylor. <clears throat> There's outliers, but for the most part, for all intents and purposes, when the Bills lose, it's by one possession. They're not getting crushed. They're usually pretty hard-fought contests that come down to the wire. And generally, games that come down to the wire are decided by one possession. Hmm. Imagine that. <laughs> so if when you win, you're absolutely destroying teams, and when you lose, you do so by a single possession, does that mean you can't win close games? Or does it mean that if you're not annihilating somebody entirely, you're playing them down to the wire and just coming up on the wrong side of the W? Because that, to me, is what I think it is. I don't think it's a situation where there's a coaching problem or a gut problem for this football team, and if they're, it's a close game, they can't win it. I think it's just a hard-fought battle, and we're either going to bury you, we're going to stomp a mud hole in your ass, or we're going to play you to the bitter end, and if you win and you beat us, congratulations. But the reality is the Buffalo Bills showed an amazing amount of guts and heart in this game. You know, it's, it's fun to talk about learning how to win. It's fun to talk about, you know, we, we learned something in this game or, you know, we're going to take something, take something from it or, or blah, 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 yada, 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 that type of stuff. It's, it's, it's fun to talk about that, that type of stuff. I just put somebody in timeout and I lost all my comments. There it is. I just lost, sorry, I got, I've got a troll in the comment section. I apologize, everybody. So I just lost my train of thought. Um, I'll just get the super chat. Eric Farrell with the super chat. Eric, thank you so much for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. Great show, Joe. I thoroughly enjoyed the last minute uh, when we calmly sunk the dagger into them. and They started bickering. There was some straight out fighting going on the sidelines of that Ravens game. <laughs> they were straight up fighting. Straight up fighting. 
But if you want to live and die by the narrative that uh, somehow the Bills are a bad team because they can't win, you know, single like close games within seven points, I don't. I mean, it's it's just it's a ridiculous conversation. It doesn't mean a team sucks. It means that they're fighting tooth and nail and they're taking you right down to the wire. I think that's where I left off. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't know what is going on. This guy keeps coming back. I'm just going to block him. I try to play nice. I hope you enjoyed it, though. I hope you absolutely enjoyed watching that 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 Josh Allen, that football game. I hope you enjoyed this football game. You know, I've, I've told you a hundred times before, you know, don't miss this. Don't waste it. Don't waste these moments of watching Josh Allen play. He, we're not going to have him forever. I expect to have him for the next 10 or 12 years. But we're definitely not going to have him forever. Enjoy every waking minute of Josh Allen as the quarterback, as QB1 for the Buffalo Bills, because it's incredible. Let's move on to the Dude Awards. I was asked earlier about my three stars. And here on the Overreaction Post Game Show, we don't do three stars. We do the Dude Awards. So the Dude Awards are effectively this. If you played good and you had a good game, then it's like, dude, you played great. If you did not play good, then it's dude. Dude, you got to get better. You just got to be better. So my first Dude Award goes to Josh Allen. Josh Allen had every reason to, you know, go into that second half and almost not pack it in, but be like, let's just run some plays and let's execute some things and almost like put in a practice thing, but he didn't. I, I kind of blamed Josh Allen uh, last week for not taking over when I felt like he should. I felt like last week against the Dolphins, there were times that he could have ran and imposed his will with his legs on that team, but I know that we're trying to save him. We don't want him running a lot. He did that in this football game. He saw those windows and basically just pressed them and put them into the ground by himself. Josh Allen played a heck of a football game. Jordan Poyer is my second dude award. Dude, this I talked about it early. I don't if they let him walk, I get it. It's a business. I understand the reasoning. Okay. But man, how can you let this guy walk? Jordan Poyer is the real deal. And I would love to see Jordan Poyer retire a Buffalo Bill. What an he he not only made splash plays, he imposed his will on this football game. Two interceptions, bunch of pass breakups, tackles. Jordan played a heck of a game. Matt Milano would be another dude award for me. Matt just plays well against these Ravens. He does a good job, doesn't get caught up. That that solo tackle that he had that Lamar couldn't believe that he couldn't beat him. I was holding my breath. Because <laughs> Lamar Jackson is that guy that, like Devin Singletary, can make a dude miss in a phone booth. And make you look silly. Break your ankles. I think he has broken the ankles of Matt Milano in the past. <laughs> Why do I feel like there's a, a a picture or a replay that I remember of Matt Milano getting his ankles broken by Lamar? Matt Milano played a great game. Now for the Dude Awards. And two of these you guys are going to agree with. I've already talked about one. Jamison Crowder. I'm not going to belabor it. I'm not going to talk about it. I just don't need to see 80 in the offensive lineup any longer for me it's I'm, I'm good with it um i forgot to talk about the stats by the way i'll get to that after this uh punt returns great otherwise i don't need it and i love zach moss but first down ran into the back of the offensive line second down ran into the back of the offensive line i think there was another play where he ran into the back of the offensive line i think he dropped a screen pass it just it just wasn't a great day for zach moss and then gabe davis i love this is one i told you guys you probably wouldn't agree with i love gabe davis brother's got to hold on to the football 
right? I mean, my, my guy's got to hold on to the football. Come on, bro. Just hold on to the football. He dropped, what, he dropped three passes today? That's just so unlike him. So I expect, full well expect Gabe Davis to bounce back. But for this for this game, for me, it's a little bit of a, dude, come on, be better. We know you can. End of game stats before I read your tweets, which are coming up here in a second. Josh Allen finished this football game 19 to 36, and a lot of those were drop passes. He probably could have easily been 80% for 300 yards. 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Josh Allen led the way with rushing 11 for 70 yards. Devin Singletary, 11 for 49 at four and a half per carry. Zach Moss, three for six. Three for six. Stephon Diggs led the way in receiving four for 62. Devin Singletary, four of 47. Dawson Knox, three of 40. De- Dawson had a, that one catch along the sideline was fantastic. Khalil Shakir, two for 23. That one run that he had, the long for 11 and a half yards was brilliant. It was a brilliant run. He didn't even look like a rookie. Isaiah McKenzie, four for 21 with a touchdown. I'm guessing he went out with a concussion. Uh, I saw him post-game running into the locker room. He had a smile on his face. Everything, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Gabe Davis, one for 13. He had four targets or five targets. Crowder, one for seven. Come on. James Cook had a target, zero for zero. Uh, la, 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 la. Matt Milano had 11 tackles. DeMar Hamlin, seven tackles. Tremaine Edmonds, five tackles. Who had the sacks? Interception was Jordan Poyer. Half a sack went to Greg Rousseau. A full sack went to Von Miller. And uh, Lamar escaped another sack. Daquan Jones had a half a sack. So those are your sacks on the day. What do we got for stats here? Total yards, Buffalo Bills 326, Ravens 296. Passing yards 201 to the Ravens 134, rushing yards 125 to 162. That Hill Hall Hill, the dude that came in at the end and got hurt, that dude was he was scaring the crap out of me for the Ravens. I think it was I think it was Hall. Was it Hall? Hill, Justice Hill. Dude was dude was like running all over the Bills off uh, defense. Yards per play 5.3 versus 4.6. First downs 22 to 22, right? Straight up even. The Bills, third down efficiency, not great. Four of 11. The Ravens were six of 13. Fourth down efficiency, one for one. The Ravens were one for two. Total play 62 to 64, balanced. Sacks allowed one and two. Punts three and three. Four penalties for 31 yards for the Bills. Nine for 70. I guess they got whacked, but they did a bunch of offensive false starts and shifts and illegal man downfield type stuff, right? There weren't very many holding calls. I think there was one, even though they were holding on most of their plays. But that's a conversation for another day. Time of possession, Buffalo Bills 2150, <laughs> the Ravens 3810. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Here we go, Bills Mafia, listeners of the overreaction post-game show. I sent out a tweet as they do after every Buffalo Bills game. And I say, how does that uh, gutted out win? Have you feeling Bills Mafia? Tweet me and let me know. Reading your tweets live on the overreaction postgame show at 8 p.m. The first one comes from Bill Pienka at Bill uh, Pienka, P-I-E-N-T-K-A. This team proved they can overcome adversity today. This is a team that can win ugly even when they don't have their best stuff. Despite weather, injuries, drop balls, and fumbles, they stepped up in the second half when they needed to and took it to a good Ravens team. Exactly. That is perfectly well said, Bill. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Kevin Stanford at Kevin Stan 4 d Loved it. To come back from 17 down, second-half performance was superb in those conditions. That was a tough fighting football game. Hope the injuries are not too bad. Uh, Jordan Poyer, I heard, got x-rays after the game. Haven't heard anything other than I've heard he's okay. That's not confirmed. But he seemed to be – he was doing post-game interviews and – 
had the Bills social media phone and stuff like that and was running around having a good time. So I think he's okay, but I heard he did have uh, x-rays. I did not hear as to what he had x-rays on. Vaughn says, burn it all at Scott uh, Munzner, I think is what that is. Really proud and some more and some more confidence. Uh, while I wish we had come out and smacked the hell out of them, I think this was a must win in this uh, in this style. Learn that you can pull yourselves up and come back. I agree with you on that one. Excited. Go Bills. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Uh, what do we got? Quick draw or should ABH at quick draw underscore BB. Good to see that we can adjust when we are down. But what is going on with James Cook? Are the coaches seeing something in practice that makes them reluctant to put him in the game? Or are they just working him in? It looks like Davis is playing hurt. He also doesn't look himself. We talked about this a little bit. I agree with you on, on Gabe Davis. And I think James Cook, I think the game is just too big for him right now. I think right now that just everything is not, everything's going too fast. It hasn't slowed down for him. We, we hear about that a lot. If you've ever played sports or done anything like that, like that tunnel vision you get where it feels like you just you can't focus is how I feel like he's pressing versus everything being super, super kind of like easy for him. So, yeah, I think I think he's struggling a little bit. Uh, Bills Media 716 at Bills Media 716. This team is different. So many Bills teams in the past would have rolled over at halftime, folded like a chair is what we call that, out hustled, out worked and out coached Baltimore the entire second half. Defense seems to uh, to need a little time to figure things out, but when they get rolling, they're unreal. Go Bills, 100%. Totally agree. C-Dub, Bills Mafia, at Chriswell73. Sweet baby Jesus, I love this team. Go Bills, hashtag, while this dreams land. My guy, Saxa Dave, at Saxa Dave, feeling freaking great. Ravens are good. And to, uh, to pull that game back is awesome. So much for losing one-score games. All, uh, all pro Poe and Matt Milano stepped up big time them not kicking the field goal at the second or in the second uh, sealed their fate. Super excited. That'll be there in person next week. Go bills. Saxa Dave, my guy, you better hook up with me for sure. When you get into town, Steve at Steve Westerhout, a whole lot of drop balls today, but an amazing comeback come from behind win. tired from uh, for tied for first with the dolphins, but the season point differential leads me to believe that won't last long. I also agree with that. Jessica Hernandez at JCH04. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Towards the end of a messy first half, defense looked like they were coming together. That's well said. And offense looked like they found a rhythm, so I was feeling confident. I was not. So, Jessica, one thumbs up for you. <laughs> Glad the team got a chance to practice finding composure and clock management and did it without key starters. Great job. Uh, appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, Hanover uh, at Joey Hanover. It feels good, both good and bad. We started slow and eventually woke up. Not great, but good finish. Can't be starting slow in games like that normally. Absolutely true. You want to punch him in the mouth early, which is what the Bills meant to do. They took the ball first because they wanted to punch him in the mouth early and expected the weather to get bad, which it did. It just wholly, completely backfired on them. Uh, Tim Ashenfelter at Tim 9403252. This D kicking some butt in the second half, and shout out to Frazier having the game plans with all the injuries. Uh, they have amazing depth, and it is showing up with the strength of the defense. This win was on the defense, keeping it uh, at 20. You are not necessarily wrong. Uh, and then Johnny O at JD77742869 says, play Shakir and Hodgins. <laughs> Isaiah Hodgins is getting closer and closer to actually uh, being on this roster, being called up. It's not, I mean, one more injury, depending on what happens with McKenzie, where Crowder's at, uh, and Kumaro, we might see Hodgins sooner than later. My guy, uh, Human Juke 81 with a super chat. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. With uh, We're going to end the show with this super chat. The whole one-score thing is so aggravating. I agree with you, dude. Uh, hope we can just move on. 
Agree with your take 100%. Thanks for the good stuff here and with Fina. Speaking of John Fina, John Fina returns to the Off Tackle with John Fina show on Monday at 8 p.m. live on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. Tuesday is the Code of Conduct with Jay Spencer King. I think he has Stevie Johnson, former Buffalo Bill, Stevie Johnson on that show, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that. Check his timeline, but I'm pretty sure that's who he's got. Wednesday is the Humpty Hotline with me and uh, uh, Jay Spence the King. Thursday is the Buffalo Nerd, and Friday is the Food for Thought. And then a new show that has popped up is Intentional Grounding with my guy Sterling Furrow, which is a uh, Sunday pregame. So if you're not doing anything, if you're sitting at home, if you're not at church or whatever on Sundays, jump into YouTube and uh, jump in with uh, Sterling as he brings you the official Buffalo Rumblings pregame show but ladies and gentlemen you have been tuned in to the overreaction buffalo postgame show brought to you by the market dominator team on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network brought to you by picasso's pizza i'm the voice i'm the host of the overreaction postgame show my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired as always it's so good to have you guys i appreciate you guys so much victory monday Victory Tuesday, victory Wednesday, victory Thursday, victory Friday, all the way up to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in Buffalo next week with me, Saxa Dave, Josh Allen, that defense. Man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you on Monday at 8 o'clock live with John Fina. See you then. Go Bills. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.